Come on. Let's give another applause. Just that God is here. There were in the house of the Lord on a Sunday, the first day of the week. Can you believe it's already February? Boy, that month went fast. But it's great to see all of you. It is an honor to get to talk to you today. We're in week three of a topic called Let Him Love You. It's our vision Sundays. Next Sunday, the 12th, we're having what we call Vision Sunday. And it's kind of special. We do this once every year around this time, kind of gather together and talk about what God has for us together as a church. And I think this year is especially significant because it's the first year where everything going forward is clear. We have a place to meet. We have no restrictions. And that hasn't been true for a couple of years. And so here we are at the beginning of a new year, and we believe God wants to do something fresh personally and together as a church. So let me encourage you to lean in, listen carefully. If you need to take some notes, do that. But I want your full attention, and it's an honor to have that, because I know I do. You know, the, our guest speaker last week talked about how comfortable those seats are. Well, we got used to them now, right? And now we're ready to lean in and to listen. So I want to talk around this topic again, let God love you. And Jesus said something remarkable. Near the end of his ministry, he said, I'm giving you a new command. This is fresh. Here's the vision that I have for your life and for my church. And it's not a long vision statement. John 13, here's what it says. Love each other just as I have loved you. Love each other just as I have loved you. Now, how has Jesus loved us? See, I grew up with that song. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. The first thing I remember. So I grew up hearing that there was a God, a heavenly Father who loved me. And my parents loved God in our home. I saw them loving our Heavenly Father. I saw them loving each other. And I saw them loving me and my brothers and sisters. So the love of God was very real. And then on the weekends, we would be where you're sitting right now. Every week, I was in the children's program in the young days. And we were in the house of God being with each other. And so Jesus is telling us, I'm going to make myself real, and I want you to love others the way I'm loving you, unconditionally and faithfully. That's not easy to do. But that's what he's asking us to do. And you know, I had a fresh understanding of God loving me when... Years later, Karen and I were in the same church like you're in for many, many years together. And at one point, we were asked to be community group leaders. 
That's, we have community groups. This isn't the only time the church gathers. Maybe you didn't know that. We have community groups starting very soon. They meet all across the city of Berlin, an opportunity to get together for food. That's always fun. And just to connect with each other. And that's what we did. And as it began to develop, we began to experience the love of God in a fresh way as we prayed together and encouraged one another, enjoyed food together. And my daughter was about 10 years of age, started to invite her friends from school. She was in Grunschule, okay? And she would invite them. And I can remember some weeks there'd be two or three little girls from school sitting in the room. And one little girl especially really was faithful in coming week after week. In fact, we would drive by her house and pick her up to wherever our community group was meeting. And sometime later, we were having a discussion as a group about our Heavenly Father is a loving God. And it was adults talking, but the kids were there. And all of a sudden, this little girl, who is part of our group now, she said this, talking about a father in heaven. She said, my father has never wanted to be a part of my life. The room got quiet. So I really don't know him. But after being here, I feel like I have some real fathers in my life. See, in that moment, for her and for all of us there, the love of God, it wasn't just words. It was personal. It was real. And I can remember it was a key moment in my spiritual life where I realized that the more I allow God to love me and I begin to do what Jesus told me to do, which is to love others, his love would be made real to the people around me. And the more real it became for them, as she spoke out, it became more real for all of us who were there actually bringing the love of God. Do you hear what I'm saying? It didn't just touch her. It touched us. In fact, there was not a dry eye in the room. We were all deeply touched and felt God being there. You see, here's the thing. I'm sharing this with you because this is the vision of this church. We're going to love each other the way Jesus loves us. And you and I cannot do that by trying harder. You understand that? We're so different than each other. You can look around the room. We don't all look the same. We don't all talk the same language. We don't all come from the same countries. I could go on. In fact, the enemy of this world 
who's attacking our souls, uses our differences to create division, fear, suspicion. It's the, it's the foundation of all kinds of conflict. I, I was in a country not long ago where everyone looked the same. They looked different than me, but they didn't like each other depending on if you were from the north or the south because they were from different tribes. See, that's the work of the enemy. And so loving others unconditionally, think about that, no conditions. In other words, I love you even if you're not nice to me. I love you even if you don't help me but hurt me and gossip about me and mistreat me. I turn away from that but keep loving you faithfully. You and I will never do that just by trying to be a nicer person. Come on. I'm speaking truth. It must be something deeper than ourselves. It must be a supernatural touch of the Holy Spirit that allows us to begin to love one another that way. And God is ready to do it as we let him love us. Because as we let him love us, we begin to give it away, the very love that we're experiencing. And when that happens, we begin to fulfill or obey the command of Jesus. It's a command. In other words, it's not a suggestion. <laughs> you know, you've heard of the Ten Commandments. This was his new command, love one another. And, and in doing that, we begin to fulfill that command. And it pleases God. And it blesses us. But not only that, the more that we choose to do that and say, God, love me so much. Let, I'm letting you love me so I can love people that aren't easy to love. And I'm always remembering that if there's somebody that's not easy to love, I'm probably the same thing to someone else. Come on. But I'm going to let you do that. And as that happens, it confirms that we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. John the Apostle said, if we love our brothers and sisters who are believers, it proves that we have passed from death to life in our spirit. But a person who has no love is still dead, dead on the inside. And so just like our children, if they're school age especially, who even come from good families, every child sometimes when things aren't going well, when their teacher's not maybe being nice or whatever, children have doubts. Am I really loved? Children need to be reminded that they are valuable and loved. Listen, if you're a parent here, you can never love and praise your child too much. Don't listen to the lie where they might get a big head. Love them anyway. Love them anyway. Take every opportunity to make them feel special because they are. 
And that's what God does with us. The more we let him love us, the more we can sense that we are chosen children with an amazing assignment to love one another. And and then Jesus said another remarkable thing about this command. The more you do that back and forth to each other, that's the way the world around you, who doesn't believe in me, will believe that I'm the Son of God and that you're my followers. So the more we love each other, it's not the flashy stuff. It's not the singing or the preaching that's going to change your friends, your family. It's experiencing the love of God through how you talk, through your attitude, through the way you deal with problems. You're not blaming others. You're trusting God even when things don't go well. People will see that and go, I want what she has. The other thing is, when we do this together, it creates the forever family of the kingdom. If you turn in your Bible to the last part, it describes eventually all of humanity, every country and language and culture, all together in a city that God's preparing where they'll never have to take out trash. There'll be no dust. It's a city of gold where we will be assigned mansions and we will serve and reign with God and his son Jesus forever and ever and ever and ever. And in that place, there will be no mourning. In other words, we won't be having to grieve losing a loved one. There'll be no more crying or pain. It says the old order of conflict and disappointments and sickness is gone forever. I'm looking forward to that day. But we have the opportunity. Listen, this is the vision that we become so alive this year with the love of God that people walk in here and they get a picture of that new city with all the nations gathered and worshiping where people are recognized that there is a God that loves and values them, gave up his own life to give us life. It's real. And it's not just for 10-year-olds. Don't miss this. We had another meeting on another time where an older man, in fact, he was retired, and he'd been in church all his life. He knew the stories. Uh, He had gone to catechism when he was young, but it was kind of, he was just a religious guy, and he wasn't sure about this meeting with different age groups, and we were having it in a home and not in the church building, and we had food there. But somebody invited him, and he came. And I can still remember that night, one of the fathers had a 12-year-old son. And that week, his son had said, I want to start to follow Jesus. And they prayed before bed, the 12-year-old. And so when we came together that night, and we were eating food, and then we we were having conversation, the, 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 the father said, hey, we have an announcement so we all stopped, and this boy, little boy said, yeah, I, I, I asked Jesus to come into my life this week. And the group all cheered. 
and promised that they'd be there for his baptism. And then we, we talked some more and prayed, and we, we, we enjoyed being together, loving each other, and having God there. And when this man got up to leave, he turned to several of us, and he said, you know, I never understood what Jesus meant when he said, if there are two or three of you in the room, I'm there. I never understood that till tonight. Till tonight, he experienced the love of Jesus from his people loving one another. That's our vision for this year. Like the early church, we enjoy being together. So I want to challenge you to make being here the way you are right now a priority. Don't put it at the bottom of the list. Put it at the top of your list to be here, to serve, to connect, and share your life with others. You know, you bring something unique that no one else can bring when you're here, when you join a community group. That's another thing that there's this incredible opportunity to be part of a smaller group from the church. A beautiful place to invite people. So I want to challenge us. Let's do that with a fresh hunger to connect to each other, expecting God to love us as we love each other. Amen? There was another thing, though, that happened, too, in the early church. They did that. And it was incredible. But as soon as they began to love each other and love God together, they began to just give crazy. They got really generous. And they experienced God's love through the generosity they saw. You know, people ask us, is the state paying your church to have this room? I mean, you're in Potsdamer Plots. It must cost a lot to rent this place. Every Sunday, not just once a week? Oh, where's the money come from? <laughs> we say from all of the, our church. No, not really. It's got to be the state. No. Free will offering. It's amazing. Generosity. Yes, that's why we're here. Isn't that awesome? And, and let me tell you, God's love becomes real. When we're generous, we had a woman, she, uh, she decided to be a follower of Jesus at a tough time in her life. Her husband had left her. She was having all kinds of financial difficulty. She said, I, I need Jesus. Started to walk with him in the church. And, and the more she prayed, the more she felt God was telling her to start to tithe and to give offerings. But she said, I don't have any money. I can barely pay my bills. I don't need, she's having a, she's talking to God. No one was telling her in the church, you've got to do that. That's why it's free will. But she couldn't get away from it. Every time she'd pray, oh, here it comes again. So one weekend on a Saturday, like yesterday, she finally gave up. She said, okay, God, I'm going to love you enough to trust you that you'll make a way. And I'm going to take that step. And she did. And you know, about three days after that Sunday, 
She got a bonus, and she got more work. In other words, God gave back to her within three days everything that she had put in and more. Isn't that beautiful? But here's the point. Isn't that awesome? It's, listen, it's not about the amount. It's the fact that it was so clear that God was letting her know, I've got you. I'm never going to let you down. I'm never going to, oh, that could be a song. Never going to let you down. And God's love became more than some words. It was real to her. See, that's our vision. Let's love each other. Let's get connected. Let's be so generous that we open the way for God to touch us in fresh ways. One of the things I love about this is that God will use our love together to speak into those who need to hear it the most. He knows what every single person needs. Just like that little girl, she needed to know that there was a father that loved her. And you know, I want to challenge you in in closing that this is not just some concepts that we want to talk about. This is life-changing. A couple of days, I wrote this up, an idea of what I was going to talk to you about, about a month ago. A couple days after I wrote down that story, the first one I shared, there was a post on social media with that little girl, now a grown woman, married with children. She posted that her father, that she had talked about over 20 years ago, had died. And there were a couple of pictures there. And so I sent her a private message. I hadn't probably talked with her in years. But I sent her a private message. I said, I'm praying for you. We are, we are praying for you. And I said, I'm going to, it's just something that I saw this because I just wrote down and I, I actually sent what I was going to say to you. I'm going to share with the church the importance of being connected and how being connected to one another makes God's love real. And I thought you should know that. Well, what I didn't expect was a couple days later, she wrote back. And I want to share a little of what she wrote. She sends this note back when she read what I wrote. She said, thank you. Wow, thank you so much for sharing that with me. Listen carefully. What a confirmation of God's power and amazing love. And a full circle of healing in my heart. It just, I just struggled for years being filled with anger and sadness toward my father. But I forgive him completely and feel love for him. I never thought I could say that. It's something I've prayed for and asked God to help me. I can't just teach my children about forgiveness. I have to believe in it too. And my children know God is a loving and forgiving God. And then she went on. She says, I don't know if I ever told your family this. I honestly don't know if I have the right words to say this, but your daughter and your family completely changed my life. 
coming from a, this is her talking about her family, coming from a badly broken, dysfunctional family, you all showed me how a family should be. And most importantly, you introduced me to Christ. I began my journey, thanks to you all, accepting Christ one rainy evening in a building beside the church. I didn't know the power of what I was doing in that moment. But I have seen since then the power of Christ throughout my life. I truly saw at the center of your family, God. And I knew that I needed him to be at the center of my life too. And I'm raising my children to know God and to follow him and that that's the most important thing that I can do. And I'm praying that someday my children become Elena's to their friends and the people in their world that impacts their lives the way she and your family impacted mine. Thank you for raising such an amazing daughter and pouring out so much of your life into that 10-year-old girl. See, this is our vision for every single person here, for every family, for every single person that your life will be so full of the love of God that it will touch others the way it's touching you. And then the whole church is filled with men and women who are loving him, allowing him to love him, and loving one another in Jesus' name. Why don't you stand to your feet? Just uh, let me encourage you maybe just to stand and give close your eyes for a moment. Just take a quiet moment before you go out this week. We share communion. We're going to celebrate in just a moment. And just let the Lord speak his love over you. Let him love you more than that broken or bitter area of your life of unforgiveness. Let him love you more. Let him love you more than that habit, that mindset. Let him love you more than that fear that you can't seem to shake. Let him love you.